Do you want to relax? Are you having trouble sleeping or focusing? CBD reduces anxiety, chronic pain, seizures, PTSD, depression. Try our CBD gummies or chocolates. You will be very satisfied. Visit cbdcollections.net 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 Hi everyone. Welcome to our uh, our a monthly podcast. Today we have Stacy Ann Gerrant. She's a financial advisor with a passion of intergenerational wealth creation, simple sound finance practices. Conveyor of Practical University, she offers the space to discuss intersectionally of money management and um, hopes of providing financial expenses generational wealth and income protection as the foundation for building a stable financial plan. My co-host is Chris. So take it away, Chris. Thanks, Janice. And welcome, 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 Stacey Ann, to our conversation. Thank you. I am honored to, um, to join you guys to talk about something that I really, really, really love talking about. So <laughs> it's All right, pleasure. wonderful. But before we get to the, to the details, we want to get to know you and our audience to know you a little. So um, tell us a little about your Jamaican roots, where you hail from and, and the like. My Jamaican roots? Well... I'm born and bred in Jamaica, never lived anywhere else. And to be very honest with you, um, even though I have been presented with the opportunity to do that, I am one of those that is, it's, boy, I, I, I need to be like a stone throw away from a nice clean beach. <laughs> I have um, I've not decided to brave the change in weather and seasons as opposed to just walking down the road to go to the beach. <laughs> Well, which beach are you close to? Since you're that fortunate. <laughs> well, I was born in East Kingston, uh-huh. um, Rockford to be exact. And uh, whilst for a lot of people, well, it is typically what one would consider a depressed community. But um, you know, there, 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 there is so much in that to debunk as well. But I was yeah. born and raised in Rockford. We live on the on the east coast. So on the way to Bull Bay, St. Thomas, around that side, I grew up watching surfers surf, being so oh. close to the waters, um, having people go get fish, watching the whole community walk down to the beach on a Sunday morning, even though I wasn't a part of that. But um, it is home, and I must say, just this morning, I decided to take my kids out to um, Wikiwaki Beach, and they had such a phenomenal time. It was it was amazing. So I live for experiences like that, and a nice little roast fish on the seaside. Okay. Those simple things. That's living. <laughs> there is that's, a trade off. Yes. Huh? So you, 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 that's wealthy living of in a different sort than the material, but 
the, the experience and the quality of life is so rich for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, it, it depends on what one considers wealth. So for me, yeah. um, being able to get to the beach and to be able to relax and not be, you know, that, that for me is a part of wealth, but there's also the other parts of it too, but yeah. Okay. So you have a very uh, great profession. That's when I was growing up, it was, I, I, I've never heard about your financial advisor. You're not you're the doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. You <laughs> engage in this profession. Well, the financial services industry has has um, developed over the last few years, and as and you will see other professions come into bear as the society grows. So yes, a financial advisor is somebody who can who is trained and certified to give financial advice and to help people along with certain decisions now not everybody going to want the same things out of life so a financial advisor is able to look at people's needs and their wants and their circumstances and to be able to give them guidance based on what is happening in the financial service industry for them to get to their goals so it requires us sitting down and listening to what people want to achieve. And as I said, everybody's goals are different. Right. So yeah, that's that's a pretty heavy duty profession. What what kind of training did you have to go through to get certified for this profession? Okay, so all financial advisors are are actually um, certified and monitored by the Financial Services Commission. We have to do exams um, in ordinary life equity, they call it OLT, and equity exams. Um, those are the two exams that really allow you to be certified as a financial advisor. Of course, there's also other training that happens during that. You are constantly in training. That's one thing, boy, we, 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 have, we have mandatory trainings all around the year. So yeah. it's uh it's something that we're constantly having to stay on top of. And of course, if you want to be a good advisor, you also have to do your own individual or personal training, making sure that you are keeping up up to speed with what happens not only locally but internationally because all financial markets are kind of linked and interrelated. Right. So we have to make sure that we we stay on top of what is happening in the in the financial news because our clients depend on us to pay attention to the things that are out there that are happening out there so that we can advise them appropriately okay it is a lifelong relationship when you become somebody's advisor people's money it's very close to them and so you know it's not a willy-nilly decision they make when they choose somebody of this uh, right right it is it is a lifelong relationship. We are there when people buy homes, mm -hmm. when they get sick, when their children are born. I mean, so there, there is a financial product or a financial decision to be made, at least at most, if not all, um, important life junctures. Like you have to make a decision about money. And right. that is what financial advisors are there for. Okay. You mentioned something about regulation. Uh, right. The, profess, the, the profession is regulated. Talk to us a little about the, the oversight board and how it, that operates in Jamaica. 
So the Financial Services Commission is the oversight board that monitors all the, well, all financial services industry companies, so insurance companies, banks, etc., are monitored by the Financial Services Commission locally. Um, of course, you would know that there has been, you know, they've they've been in the news negatively locally. Based yeah, we're going to get to that. Let's talk about their 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 stuff, you know, in general, and then we get into that specific. So they regulate all of the different financial institutions, be it the bank. Right. So we're talking about. We're talking about insurance companies, mm -hmm. um, investment companies. They re re they literally regulate the financial services industry. So the regulation has to what you you got you're limited to how you can engage with people, or that you have to they come in and they check your books. Or what? How does this um, regulation so, take place? So I am I am I am. There, there are different types of licenses that are granted. Mm -hmm. I am granted the license to to sell insurance and some investment products. There are other licenses that are granted to do other things. Um, so they make sure that the persons who are in the industry have the appropriate training and are following the appropriate protocols to make sure that there is there is um, all their transactions are above board. If they find out that there are issues that are going awry, then they will also write and take certain steps to make sure that, that is not happening. Okay. All right. So the, the, the elephant in the room is the Usain Bolt story and his losses there, right? If right. He right. and that kind of money um, will grab everybody's attention. Can right. you, some people may not be on the rock and have heard the details of it. Could you quickly summarize what happened here? Um, this is a very ticklish subject, and I'm not even sure if I, 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 I want to declare that these are my personal opinions. Right. <laughs> they're not related or they're not representing the opinions of my employer or whatever insurance exactly. company I'm associated with. This is my own. So in summary, um, Usain would have invested, I think it was about 12 million US mm -hmm. with SSL. Um, of, obviously, that must have been something that was done through, you know, close friendships, because of evidently, you're not going to take up that, that that sort of money and put in one institution. So I'm sh I, I am I can almost be sure, and my and this is again is my opinion that he may have had a friend who said you know put some money here and he did that. So he put the money there and apparently, um, some of the folks who were there opened a company in Saint Lucia, and as he was putting monies in, they were pulling the monies out. Mm. It's and and he was being given based on what the news is reporting statements that would have been giving him updates or progress on his investment. Those statements were fictitious, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, he he only found out about it when somebody else sounded an alarm and they decided to check what was going on, and that's when they realized that his investments were literally depleted to from 12 million to about 2000 US dollars. Wow. That hurts. 
So yeah. uh, give, give the, the, you know, that we have this regulatory body, um, how do they get around the system? Is SSL not under the scrutiny of... Yes, they are, they are. And apparently the Financial Services Commission had attempted or had, you know, made made it known that they were having issues there. I, 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 I really can't say what exactly happened, but there... In the news, it has said that they did write reports about what they noted when they investigated the institution some time back, and apparently those 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 were not taken on, and I'm not mm -hmm. sure how the entity was allowed to continue operating despite being flagged um, mm -hmm. or being highlighted as having practices that were were not in good standing. But, right, right. Yeah, it was happening. Uh, how does that affect the the integrity of the organ of the industry as a whole? I, what's your sense of people are taking that? Well, people are understandably quite nervous um, mm -hmm. about investing in in institutions right now because of this that has happened. Um, I'm not going to say that. Unfortunately, these are just some of the things that we have to deal with. We have to deal with it locally, we have to deal with it internationally, and it simply behoves people to be a lot more vigilant when they are investing their monies. Now, money is money is is one of those very important energies that you have to you have to pay attention to it. And this is something yeah. that when I'm meeting with my clients, I try to drive home with them that you if you want to really build wealth, you have to pay attention to your money. You can't just put it down and say when leave it and just until whatever. You have to follow up, you have to get information, you have to ask questions, you have to understand what, what it is that you're investing in. And if you do not understand what you're doing, then do not do it. It's as simple as that. Unless until your financial advisor or whoever, whichever professional you are speaking with can fully explain to you what you're getting yourself into i don't encourage anybody to do it because you have to pay attention to where your money is going so yes there's a lot of nervousness in the industry right now but unfortunately and i don't want to sound insensitive it is just a part of the science of the times these things are happening all over the world but yeah. you cannot build wealth without investing so it means that everyone needs to just be a lot more proactive about how how and what they are doing about their investments. Is 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 there I um is your phone been burning up and people with concerns calling you that that you need, and how do you go about allaying their fears? Well, you know what? I don't have any clients who 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 are nervous about the financial services industry at the moment as 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 a matter of fact i had somebody reach out to me yesterday wanting to invest because they understand how i operate you have to understand the system you have to know what you're doing so when things like this happen there's no need for them to panic because they would have already had their monitoring systems in place Mm -hmm. to monitor what is going on. They know what avenues that they should take. So I don't have clients who are nervous, to be honest. Um, the thing about investing, and this is one thing I find in my 
in my practice so far a lot of people want to jump on this get rich quick bandwagon they mm -hmm. see these big numbers and they say okay i want to make as much money but again that's not a principle that money goes by um it has to happen in stages and you have to be aware of what you're doing so there are certain steps that 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 we encourage people to take when they're looking to to build wealth or to invest the first 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 thing is that you have to first protect yourself and i say just as when you're in the plane and they they will tell you that if if anything happens you have to put your gas mask on first Mm -hmm. I'm trying to save anybody else for you have to take care of yourself first the first step to building wealth is actually not investment it's not because it is known that investments are tricky investing is what you do after you've covered the other bases so once you mean, other bases are done then you can look at investing so that you no. mean taking care of their daily um obligations and then the leftovers that's when they they that's what's used for the investment that's what you mean in some sort of way right so it's not necessarily mm -hmm. daily well we would we would assume that one needs to be able to take care of their daily in their their daily expenses before the people start investing but we're talking about taking care of the expenses or the the potential costs that could threaten your wealth. So have you ever noticed that some people they will make money today and then they broke tomorrow and money today and then they broke tomorrow and you know yeah. it's it's like this constant you know seesaw happening. Something happens, somebody gets sick. And you have to go and empty out all your bank account to take care of that health issue. And then you start all over again from scratch. Mm -hmm. So it's a seesaw kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So what we encourage when when one starts this, this, um, this goal of wealth building is that you have to, as I said, cover your bases first. You want to make sure you have an emergency fund. And your emergency fund should be anywhere between three to six months expenses. And based on what's happening in the economy right now, I try to get my clients to push their emergency fund savings to at least one year. Okay. So when you have one year of your mortgage or your rent and all your other bills in an account, then we can move on to the next steps of investing. Because what happens is that when one is unable to pay their regular bills, when your mortgage can't pay or your rent can't pay or your electricity bill can't pay, it disturbs your whole mind. And when you're in that state of disturbance, that, that is when you start doing all kind of foolishness with money, when it is a time that you should actually be, you know, being mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot more frugal, that's when you start using the money to placate yourself, to take care of your stresses, or you're going to take some high interest loans or you max out your credit card. <laughs> okay. and, and those kinds of expenses come with some extremely ridiculous interest rates that will have you paying off those debts forever and giving you, it's almost impossible. It, it would feel almost impossible to come back from a scenario like that. So you want to make sure that you have your emergency fund in place mm -hmm. so that you're not necessarily affected when anything sudden happens. If you lose your job, you're not totally out because you have at least six to 12 months of your bills paid up. Can you imagine what would happen if people had that kind of buffer? Right, right. 
Yeah, they, they have a, of mind, yeah, there's a peace of mind that goes into that, that they, under the stress of the moment, they don't have that stress because they know they have some, some wiggle room to be able to make sound decision as opposed to right and you know stress can disturb you like you 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 end up being desperate and taking just what is available when that probably is not the best thing for you at the moment so your emergency fund is important and i think people don't take that so seriously or when they start saving it up they use it out on things that are not emergency. Right. It requires discipline. So I encourage my clients to ensure that their emergency fund is saved in either a credit union or some other institution that mm -hmm. they don't have access to the money so readily. Like they, they would have to go and stand in a line. Right, to get right. money. Not something that you can either pick up a card or go on your phone and make a transfer from because that is just temptation there. That is just, yeah. you know, hard to avoid. You put it in a vault. You make the hurdle a little higher. That you have to think twice before you actually open. That I don't job. know what the vault part, but yeah, <laughs> you you want to make sure you're not able to access it too easy. And and once you have your emergency fund, now you start looking at other things that could um could endanger your plans. So what if you got sick, or your parents got sick, or your child got sick? Okay. That would definitely be cause for you to jump into emergency fund, even though that's not what it's for. So for those kinds of expenses, we encourage people to ensure that they have enough critical illness insurance coverage. Mm. So that is what takes care of the, oh, I did not know this would happen kind of things, you know, yeah. the, the, the cancer diagnosis or the heart attacks or stuff things that would cause you a not be able to work for a minute because you have to heal yourself so while you are unable to work all those bills are still going to be coming believe it or not and even though you may have friends or family who may be willing or able to assist we all know how that goes they're not going to be able to assist for much long so and, after and maybe a yeah. few months, you're going to be on your own again, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and and that, may, that may cause your recovery process to be longer. Right. may cause you to go into your savings. If you had investments or a home, you have to go sell, liquidate the house, liquidate your mm. investments to take care of your health or your parents' health. So to avoid, again, such a stressful financial situation, you have to make sure you have critical illness insurance. Right. Again, not enough people take that as seriously. And unfortunately, you only need critical illness insurance when you need it. Like nobody thinks about it until you go to the doctor and, and hear, oh boy, hey, you know, there's some yeah. things happening here that doesn't look so well. And that's when you start scrambling. At that point, yeah. it's too late. You will not be able to get critical illness coverage if you have already been diagnosed with a critical condition. Yeah, you're locked out of that thing. Yeah, How is done. it for, the, for the, that kind of insurance? Is it relatively cheap or how would you affordable? No, un unfortunately, um, health insurance is quite pricey. I'm being very honest. Um, there are different options on the market, but 
they can be very expensive. And you have to also be able to pass a medical examination to be able right. to get health insurance. If you're not healthy, you can't get it, which is, which is, which is kind of, you know, <laughs> defeating the whole purpose, which is why financial planning is important. So even if when you're healthy and strong and all is well is when you need to put these things in place, because when you are not, that's when you're going to feel the regret of not having them. And so most of my clients are women between the ages, I said, 24 to about 40. Most of them, I find that women tend to be more open to having facilities in place that plan for their future, unfortunately, um, which is which is good. But planning for your planning for your finances has to be something that has to be done on the jump. And this is a way also for parents to be able to engage their children in proper financial planning and proper financial practices from early. Okay. Because you don't want them to get to a space where they don't see it as important and then they get to 30s and they say, oh God, they start having all kinds of issues, parties come and they don't have the things in place. Right. So I, 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 I definitely um, believe in financial planning as a, a tool for intergenerational education and wealth building. Okay. We have to get to a place where we talk about money. Unfortunately, um, most of us are parents had all kinds of um issues around money you know for top more money money this money that money this and so we have to engage in actively re-educating our communities about money mm -hmm. it's okay to talk about money it's okay to want money it's okay to do it in a healthy way it's okay to plan for money and you want to start doing that with your children so they understand um positively how it works so we're gonna wait until we're too old and then all kind of things happening and we're not there and right. i can say that uh-huh yeah so that, that i like that discipline that's part of the intergenerational intentionality right talk, talk to us a little about some of the um investment instruments that you have in jamaica what are, are they local or they international what's the flavor that you use you so we have we have we have local and international options, yes, um, but it, it it depends on 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 what one's risk appetite is. So okay. those are all the things that goes into a discussion about where somebody wants to go financially. Things right. like how old you are, what are your short term, medium term, and long term goals? Mm -hmm. What is your risk appetite like? Meaning, if you were to invest, I, I won't say twelve million. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were let's say if you were to invest 12 million us now right and tomorrow you wake up and the whole of the money gone how would that affect your lifestyle how would that affect your stress levels right. i'm being cheeky here but <laughs> if if it would affect you significantly then you don't need to be doing that so you you have to be a lot more careful about the instruments that you're investing in <laughs> Right, your so, appetite is going to be important to identify. So, the older we are, yeah, so part of the education that you provide is like history right. of how well these different instruments are performed and giving people, like, right. And as you can see, Chris, this love chat. 
So <laughs> I am going to be, I am extremely detailed to the T. I spend time with my clients because I want them to fully understand what they're getting themselves into. Like you have to know. And if you don't know, I give you videos. I give you readings because I'm not, you have to be able to make that decision as an informed decision. So the education part is, I am, I am really big on that one. Good, good. So yeah, you're not here trying to twist people's arm. You really want. Oh no, 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 no. It's a partnership for a lifetime. So you, yes, you, you yes. have to develop that kind of trust that you you're giving them the best thing, even if it's a medicine to change their mindset to say, hey, "This is you know, precisely you, you have a, a more healthy thing around money." Right. And that is how my practical university started because right, I so wanted talk a little about that. Yeah. Right. So it it is it is literally just um a space. I usually do a Zoom meeting. That's why I started it, where mm -hmm. we talk about different things and I invite people who who would have done the thing themselves. So I I personally may not have ha have had all the experience that would be necessary to guide every single client. So I look for people who have done the thing, like I have one guy who he's about 38 and he's now on his ninth property. Okay. He, he has been quite a regular um, presenter on my program, teaching people how to do what he does. So we get people who have done the thing or who are doing the thing to show people how they can do it. And for, for those who are interested, I would put them with him and they he, he will like literally mentor people to get them to do what he has done. So that's a practical university. Um, we that's took true. a break and kind of revamping to look at what are the other ways that we can get it done. But it should be coming back on stream pretty soon. We had a workshop most recently around goal setting, which is important. You have to know what your goals are again before you can even start a plan. You have to know what you want and not what John Tom wants, but what Chris exactly. Daly wants. So would you entertain um, clients also from the diaspora? Oh, most definitely. Um, there is a lot of options for investment locally because Jamaica is an emerging market. And what happens when markets are emerging is that opportunities are great. Now, mm -hmm. you won't probably hear that from a lot of Jamaicans. They would normally say, oh, things are, are, you know, are bad and stuff. But unfortunately, when you're in a fishbowl, you can't see what the ocean is like. Right. But, for, but for people in the diaspora, Investing in real estate locally is a big win. Um, that, that is always a good thing to invest in. Even if you're not able to buy a home, you can mm -hmm. also invest in stocks that are, are that are invested in the real estate market. But I definitely encourage real estate market, real estate investing for people who are outside of um, the country. Wow. You would have noticed too that Jamaican stock exchange was one of, was the Artists. Best performing stock exchange for about two or three years in a row. That says a lot about the possibilities for investment locally. And mm -hmm. I think the more diaspora people got involved is the better for the economy locally. Not only for us local people, but for international people as well. There's a lot of good things happening in the market. And I would, I would encourage people not to be distracted or to be put off by issues like you know what what happened with both right. um, unfortunately that's not something that is very common 
and um, there are systems that are being put in place to ensure it doesn't happen. But we cannot not have those things happen. Those things are a part of the whole, you know, exactly. gamble. It's just that you have to pay more attention to what you're doing and to be very, to be educated. But yes, it's a great time to invest in Jamaica. All right. So what I'm hearing is that the government or this um, oversight um, institution is putting in place some other checks and balances to add some additional protection for the investor. Well, there has been a lot of shaking up happening there. Um, they have changed members in there and they're literally looking at some some new um, processes that they could employ to make sure that if make sure the institution is operated effectively. But there are other corporations like the Jamaica Deposit Insurance, I think they give where a part of your savings are also insured so if anything were to happen at the institution you would be given back your money okay. that that also exists and um but i i i believe it is something that the government i'm i'm confident that the government will work on ensuring that the regulators have the power to do more and to do what they are in effect supposed to do neat this, this is a good way to end but but i believe in the final thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience well, final thoughts. Um, yes, certainly. Financial planning and wealth building. You know, there's a thing that I think the Black community could do a lot more with, which is intergenerational wealth. Mm -hmm. Ensuring that you are leaving your children with a platform that they can grow and become even better than we even ever did in our lifetime. And not only leaving them and inheritance per se but you want to leave them with the education so we want to be having healthy conversations around money mm -hmm. people want to need to be learning about money need to be speaking about money more positively that's what i would um i would say that i would encourage more people to do have healthy conversations around money re-educate themselves Wonderful. Well, Stacey Ann, that was fabulous. Thank you for so much for all the wisdom you're able to pack in the last half an hour with us. Oh, thank you, Chris. It was my pleasure. So to learn more about Stacey Ann, you can find her on her Instagram. It's called The Practical Advisor JA. Facebook is Stacey Ann Jarrett. To learn more about Jamaican diaspora, visit and Jamaican... Yeah. I I also, I'm willing to share my mobile number. It's 876-818-7624. Okay. Uh, um, and so to learn about Jamaican Diaspora, visit jamaicandiaspora.com. To visit Chris, to learn more about Chris Daly, visit chrisdaily360.com. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Stacey Ann. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.